Hi there, and welcome to Fantasy for the Ages, the show where father and son sit down and talk about fantasy books. I'm the son of that equation, Zach. And I'm the father, Jim. Thanks again for being with us. We enjoy having you here today so we can share some fun content with you. We've got a great topic to talk about today, one of our not Wheel of Time episodes. Before we, of course, talk content, I just got to know, Zachary, how are you doing today? Admittedly, I'm hungry. Really? We're recording before I eat dinner. So, you know, maybe at some point I'll decide, you know, I've said I've said enough. Probably not. But <laughs> <laughs> and if you know you, you start feeling like you're going to have to bite off your own arm, you just go grab a snack. I mean, yeah, this is the fun when I get to do an episode with you is if one of us has to step away, the other can still entertain for a while. <gasps> no, really? Yeah. My last uh, Dresden Files episode with just me suddenly halfway through the episode, I had to go to the bathroom. This was awkward. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'll be right back. No, that's when you have queued up like some musical interlude. Uh, you put up like technical difficulties. It was bad. So there's a five minute gap. I mean, I fixed it. So people who watch don't have to sit there and watch a five minute gap now. You know, listen, it's it's gone. But dang, it sure is nice when I have a co-pilot with me. So uh, this is the second episode we're recording in a day. Yes. People know that often we do these back to back like this. So we don't have a lot of no notes to talk about. Which one comes out first this time? This one will come out after the one we just did. Yeah. Okay. So we're still wearing the same clothes that we were last we time. And there's a background that people can see on the YouTube that last episode you referenced. Ooh, there's a new background. And well, I think I referenced it before we started. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah, I don't really? think I said it on the episode. Well, he was excited there was a new background last time, guys. I was very excited. <laughs> I want to point out that I very intentionally designed it so the books that you see... When we're in this format, you can still see what books they are. Ah. Often the authors are hidden, perhaps. So, like, you put Battleground over here, but the name of the book is there. Clear. Exactly. So, that was very intentional. If you see this banner on our Twitter channel or something, there's actually more farther off on the sides. Where? Where? Because it's wider then. But in this format, these are the highlighted books. These are the ones we, we want to share. So if you were on the sides, I'm sorry. I guess we just don't care about you enough. Yeah. Sorry, Terry Brooks. Shannara's gone. It's out. <laughs> All right. Uh, are you drinking anything different today now? I'm still drinking um, red wine. I'm currently drinking air. Um, I did not refill my drink because I finished it, unfortunately. Oh, no. Okay. It's a sad day. Well, I don't want you getting silly on me, so I guess that's all right. What? I didn't tell what kind of wine last episode, so I'll tell you. What are you time. drinking? I've got a 2017 Mary Hill Winery Merlot. So it's actually sat a couple of years, aged just a touch. Very nice, very pleasant to drink. Now, has it sat before it got to you, or did it sit with you for those years? It sat with me. Yeah, this has been sitting for a couple of years. Nice. I don't That's do that very often. Well, I'm well aware that sometimes your stock gets a little low. And so it, this must be one that you were intentionally holding off on. Yeah, our stock is full right now. And we've got another case of wine waiting to pick up. Nice. So not drinking wine as fast as I had sometimes. That's that's not bad. I don't have any other notes 
to hit on today because we did them all in our last episode and we don't have to pummel people with notes every single time. So instead, we can get to what we're here to talk about, which what are we here to talk about? This episode is all about the best science fiction and fantasy books of all time. Because, you know, we're qualified to make that um, oh, absolutely. Decision. We are just as qualified as most of our listeners and most people who read because... Mm. How do you rank something as the best of all time? And that word I just used, let me be clear, we are not going to rank books in this episode. That's not what this is oh, about. Oh, thank goodness. No. I was scared. We're just talking about the best books. We will throw a bunch of books at you here, but let's start off first with what makes something in the running worthy of discussion as among the best books of science fiction and fantasy. Now, I will say, while I will contribute to all parts of this conversation, I hate certain parts about this conversation. Just because I, as a person, have a really hard time boiling things down to favorites, especially singular favorites. I don't do it if I can avoid it. So even getting to something that I think is the best when it's something so arbitrary, from my perspective, is going to be rough. Interesting. Which brings up an important note that I think to start, when you or I thinks of what is the best sci-fi fantasy books of all time, we're not thinking from an editor or author perspective. We're not thinking purely based on, are these the best literature or anything like that? We might. It might be in the running. It needs to not be garbage. <laughs> but just because something may or may not be theoretically a great book isn't what makes it the best nor is it that it needs to be that to be the best because that makes now, sense you just said you just said a lot of opinion actually there yeah that, that i want to put forward some people may actively and strongly disagree with us probably for instance there are some people who would judge what's the best science fiction or fantasy based on technical aspects of the writing the structure, the character development. That might be what does it for them. And I think there's nothing wrong with having that opinion. I even would value it and love to hear what they think are the best books. And I think it would be very valuable to inform my future reading if I haven't read them. But that's not how I'm going to rank things. Now, another interesting thing about the best books is that something that is the best might be considered trash by someone else just because mm -hmm. they have different taste. So I think there are a lot of things that play into what we put, what we elevate to significance in the landscape of fantasy and sci-fi. I think there is a place for how well it's written, yes. the way the author has developed their craft. There's also other factors that get taken into account. One of them, obviously, is just personal opinion. What do we think about it? Do we think it's a great book? It's one of the best right there. Okay, boom. Personal reader preference is important. It's going to be different for lots of different people. Other aspects that I think do come into play include books that changed the landscape. Okay. okay. Things that really shifted the fantasy genre, the sci-fi genre, introduced groundbreaking territory. That might be something that elevates a book. So really just if they impact the genre, it may elevate it. Another is... How well did the book do? Was it successful? Yeah, popular opinion is a powerful thing. Yeah, how many how many copies sold worldwide? You know, does it have a passionate following? You know, that's tied into is it one of the best? 
it's possible to have books that may be the best written, have the best characters, have the best this, that, and whatever. But if they're not successful, if Nobody only like knows about a it. handful of people who are really into the series or the genre know about it, does it really count as being the best of all time for that genre? Yeah, that's a painful one for a lot of our independent authors, self-published and stuff. How do you break in to be able to be recognized at that level of quality? It's tough. It can be mm-hmm. done, but it's a lot harder road to road to hoe. The people who are published by official publishing companies, they get all that marketing behind them. They get the recognition. They honestly have a better chance, I think, to be noticed. Absolutely. I'm glad to say that people do have a chance now that they didn't have in the past, but it's still not at the point where it's like an equal footing. Sure. Uh, One other thing I think definitely plays into discussions of best books is the awards. Has it been recognized? Is it one that's out there and really earning the various, the Hugo award, the Nebula award, Mm -hmm. whatever award you want to give it? Is it getting the recognition of the people in the industry, the writers, the publishers, are they elevating it? Do they see it? If so, that doesn't mean you're going to agree it's the best book, but it means there's something to it. Something is catching recognition. And in a weird way, you can almost boil down all of these different things that we're throwing out that go into making, is it one of the best books, best series of all time, into do all these different diverse groups of people think that it is great? Hmm. And how often do a group of people get together and actually agree on something? 100% completely agree. It's It's pretty darn rare. I'll be honest, we're probably not going to talk about any books that 100% will agree. No, no, definitely not. Hopefully some 90s. Now, here's a question for you. Okay. You mentioned the word series a moment ago. Does Mm -hmm. a series need to be finished for it to be able to be considered as up there in the best of all time depends because i would hazard to say usually no however occasionally i'll have a series that isn't really a series it's more like one book that just happens to be a trilogy and in that case if it weren't done it it would be great but would it be the best and i was avoiding saying anything if tolkien had never written the return of the king would the rest have really been the best or would it just be good? <laughs> yeah, there's something to be said for that. If, if a series is more episodic, you can kind of judge a book on its own merits. But if the series is telling this one major significant story, the arc is clearly playing through. It's hard to judge the quality of the series, even individual books, when you don't know where it's going. You don't know what the end's going to be. Because they can mess up. I mean, come on. Um, uh, oh, Wow, Hunger Games. There we go. That's Hunger where Games, I thought your brain was going. Great first book. Totally botched the landing. So that diminishes the quality of the first book. It obvious, It honestly does. It's an interesting point where the quality of a singular book is almost in flux. Uh, it's great as it stands. But if the series isn't finished, and eventually when it is, if the payoffs aren't there, if it's not a solid finish, if it's not as good as where you started, then the series as a whole suffers. Mm-hmm. And it might drag it down. It doesn't change the fact that the first book was great, but it does make it so that the series is no longer considered where it once was. 
Now, this is not an episode on the best series from fantasy and sci-fi of all time. This is individual books we're really talking about. So I think it's worth mentioning that there can be individual books within a series that are true standouts, are amazing, and it doesn't matter what the other books are. Especially some of those longer series. I mean, we've talked about some that have 26, 32 books. You know, yeah. it's almost impossible to have continuous quality or a genuine, you know, a, a consistent rise all the way. Hard to do over that many books. So I think it's okay. There can be one or two that are real standouts and might even approach being the best out there in a particular genre. And I'll even go to the extent to say it is possible, though this one's going to be a bit of a stretch, it is possible to have a singular book in a series reach that caliber of, this is up there, it's one of the best. But the rest of the series, nowhere near. It falls significantly off the curve, almost to the point where you go, read the, that first book, because it's fantastic but Stop it's there. not a series uh pretend it's pretend it's not a series <laughs> uh but some series honestly get better and better and better and their best book is the last book and i think that's a great way to land a series um, but it's not how it always works out uh, i think it's it's important that we really do focus on the title of this episode though i think it's a critical title in that we never tried to say we're talking about the best science fiction and fantasy book of all time. No. Because I don't think it exists. Books. We're not here to make that argument. We're not here to put our opinion or our official stamp on one book. No. We can have discussions about what we think our favorites or the best ones we've read are. But a singular best? Don't make me do that. Yeah. There's so much subjectivity involved. But also... In fantasy and sci-fi, especially in fantasy, there's so many sub-genres mm -hmm. where it's like apples and oranges. How do you judge urban fantasy against high fantasy or epic fantasy or sci-fi? You know, I mean, no. And young adult versus adult. There's there's nuanced differences in the styles of these sub-genres that it would be unfair to try to pick the one. That's the best of all time. So I did toss this question out on Twitter saying, hey, mm -hmm. we're going to talk about these. What are some of the books you think are in the running for best of all time? And I thought we'd talk about some of these that they contributed and our general thoughts. Now, we didn't read all of these books, but we're familiar with most of them. Most of the ones that I think would have been tossed and considered the best, if we hadn't before, we definitely in the past year and a half have put on our radar kind of on our tbrs right there's a few that i still wouldn't add to my tbr necessarily and that's because again books are so subjective there mm -hmm. are styles of writing out there i don't care for certain authors approaches i'm like nah it's not my thing doesn't mean it's not quality not my thing so it makes for interesting conversations but if anybody feels wow this is among the best man this is top notch there's a reason they feel that way and that reason is valid absolutely yeah. and the author who wrote it thanks you very much all right so one of the ones that came up a few times from people and yeah. the first one who mentioned it to us was our friends at fantology podcast name of the wind 
Patrick Rothfuss. It's the first book okay. in the King Killer Chronicle, correct? Right. Which is supposed to be three books, but it's only two books. And the third book has been over a decade and fans are still waiting. But regardless, Name of the Wind, book one, is considered by the fans as some of the best writing out there in fantasy. Some people attribute to it, including uh, Stephen at Fantology, saying this is how I got into reading adult fantasy. This book sucked me in. It, it was a game changer. Now, I think that's a good definition for a best book of all time. A game changer yeah. for how you read <laughs> what you do. But I don't, I have not read The Name of the Wind. It's not even on my TBR because I'm waiting for the trilogy to be done before I commit. People keep telling me I'm wrong. This book is so good. It doesn't matter. You should read it anyways. I will say, while I'm hesitant on certain other authors that haven't finished series that they've started, this is one that has been added to my list. It's out there a little ways, but it is something I intend to read. I When I picked up those Pern books just yesterday, uh -huh. I saw The Name of the Wind sitting there and was like, not yet. And I put it back. But I... <laughs> it was one of those things was like, I almost grabbed it and then remembered, ah, I've got enough things on my shelf right now. I shouldn't oh yet. My you know, we're in the middle of another Twitter tournament. When they're listening, we'll be in the middle of it. When we're recording, we haven't started. We're just taking entries right now. But I got some great entry ideas and added more things to my TBR. It's now almost 500 books long. I told your mother about that. I've got almost 500 oh, books on my TBR. She's like, yeah, but you're on track to read almost 100 books this year. So that's not really that bad. <laughs> Let's throw out a disgusting fact here that you've put out on Discord the other day. You may have put it on Twitter as well. Your plan was, what, 60 books this year? 62. You've read 53? Yes. I'm almost done with the 54th. <laughs> for some people, that's not insane. But that's because they're insane and read a crazy amount of books. I'm sitting here at like seven, eight. I haven't hit double digits yet. I have been so loving just losing myself in literature. I'm watching way less TV because I spend time mm. in the evenings just enjoying a good book. And your mother's right next to me enjoying her good book. You know, it, it, it's a nice way to spend some time. That's fair. All right. Name of the Wind. Okay, it's out there now. That's one that's potential. It's up there. It's got reasons. People consider it some of the best. Drew McCaffrey from Inking Out Loud podcast gave us mm -hmm. a few. Uh, one he suggests is Heroes Die from Matthew Stover. He's a that's, big Matthew Stover if fan. If I remember correctly, that's Acts of Cain, correct? Yes, it is. That's book one of Acts of Cain. It's on my TBR. Haven't read it yet, but he's a big fan. And there are others out there who agree. Matthew Stover, he's got it going on. Because of talking with Drew McCaffrey and talking about those books... It is the next book on my listening TBR. Wow. Wow. Drew will be happy. <laughs> Another one he's got is interesting. Speaker for the Dead, Orson Scott Card. I disagree. It's book two of the Ender's Game quadrilogy. <laughs> you disagree. Okay, come on. Hot take. Let's hear it. Remember when I said some series, the first one's really good and maybe could be considered, but then the rest of the series should just like be forgotten? This is the series that I was talking about. Oh! The first is good. The second is something completely different. It's actually worth reading, but I wouldn't say it's one of the best. Beyond that, no. Oh yeah, nobody talks about book three and four amongst the best of all time. No. 
I can not. see why someone would put Speaker for the Dead. I don't agree. <laughs> Jason in Discord tells us, read Ender's Game and just stop. Like Highlander or Matrix. There's a lot That's of people fair. that would agree with that statement. <laughs> just one and done. Now, That's all you need. Ender's Game, the best of the series, my opinion. And there are other people in this Twitter thread who did suggest Ender's Game is one of the best of all time. Ender's Game, if you've not got any clue of what's happened, no teasers, no spoilers, and you read that book, the ending is like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a good book. And I would put it up there as one of those really, really great sci-fi books. Right, right. When I read Speaker of the Dead, I was like, what the heck is going on? I was looking for a sequel for Mender's Game, and it didn't feel like a sequel at all. Something totally different. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's Speaker for the Dead, correct? Speaker for the Dead. Did I say something different? You said of. Oh, didn't mean to. You're good. Anyways, it's a small word. Drew, his perspective on literature is from a writer's perspective because he's a yes. writer. That's how he analyzes books. The writing in Speaker for the Dead is very good. So I get where he's coming from and mm -hmm. the fact that it, it takes such a turn from Ender's Game, even though it is still clearly a sequel. But I, you have to work harder to appreciate Speaker for the Dead. Ender's Game is just fun to read. I very much respect his opinion, and clearly he can affect what I choose to read sometimes. Yes, yes, Acts of Game. But man, sometimes we see books a little differently. <laughs> the next, well, I know for sure the next three that he suggested are good examples of how in a series of books, mm. again, there are different ones that may really stand out while others, eh, maybe not so much. Okay. So the next one he suggested is from The Wheel of Time. Okay, I'm curious. The Shadow Rising, the book we're doing right now, he puts it up there as one of the best of all time. It's interesting. It's not the one from the series that I would put up there, but it is my favorite. See, there you go. It's a quality book, but compare it to uh, Crossroads of Twilight. Yeah, Shadow Rising's way up there. <laughs> Crossroads of Twilight, not so much. No, it's I'm fine. Not here. It's important. If I had to pick one from the Wheel of Time, I'm going to throw out what my one would be. And I want to know if you agree. Do you agree with Drew? What, what, where are you feeling here? I would throw Knife of Dreams. Knife of Dreams is solid. That's a strong book. It might it's be the my best favorite, one, but I think it it's might the be best. the best one that Robert Jordan wrote. And of course, it was the last one Robert Jordan completely wrote. Yeah, a lot of people really love A Memory of Light, but that has the benefit of simply being the payoff. It's the conclusion. And that's the thing. I think it's only as good of it is, as it is because it is the end. Right, right. All right. The next one Drew threw out at us was from A Song of Ice and Fire where he took just a storm of swords. That's the one that he really elevates. And again, he's from a writing perspective, and he really thinks that's got it going on. And from what I know, I'm not as knowledgeable on the topic as some. For as much crap as I give him, Martin is a good writer. He is a good writer. Yes, definitely. And then he pulls out one from the Book of the New Sun, which is what I'm reading right now. You're reading it right now, yeah. Yeah, and I'm reading it because Drew recommended it. He put it in one of our previous Twitter tournaments. He picked the Sword of the Lictor, which is like book three. 
might be book four. It's not book one, which I'm reading right now, and it's not book two. You'll have you'll get there eventually, but it's going to take some time. But so he picked one of those. So I'm going to get to it, and he thinks it's up there. Then he uh, he threw in two more that I'm not familiar with at all. So I'm just going to shout it out because thank you, Drew, for responding to the Twitter thing. He put in a memory called Empire by Arcady Martin and City of Blades by Robert Jackson Bennett. If you're familiar with those, Drew McCaffrey thinks they're up there at the top. I know of the second one. I, I don't the first. The fact that I've heard of it means I probably will consider reading it. It's about as far as I can go there because I don't know. Okay. Well, then we've got uh, our friends at SFF Fiction Frenzy. That's their Twitter account. And they gave us four. And I love three of these. Oh, no. <laughs> Again, subjective. What do we got? But they put out Dune. I think in any conversation of best sci-fi of all time, Dune has to be mentioned. See, I... Not everybody likes it. But I hate that Dune I have to agree. Is solid. I hate agreeing with this because Dune's okay. It's just okay. Like it's got some very cool <laughs> things, but reading the book itself, I'm just like, eh, it's okay. But I do think it has a place in the best. And one of the biggest things that does that is that category that we kind of talked about with the impact. Mm -hmm. And the impact of Dune has been huge. Oh, tremendous. Inspirational for a lot of science fiction writers. Definitely. And I think that alone would earn its spot, at least for that first book. And I said science fiction writers, but honestly, Dune impacted a lot of fantasy writers, too, in the story oh, yeah. style, the way he went. I mean, it's really science fiction fantasy. The second one is Ender's Game. We've talked about it before. Also, yep. he threw in there, or they threw in there, A Game of Thrones. The book, specifically yep. that one. And a great book. Enjoy the book. Solid. I'm not going to really argue with anyone throwing any A Song of Ice and Fire I'm not necessarily going to dieheartedly fight on that hill with you, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to fight against you. I'm like, yeah, no, you're fair. It deserves a place somewhere. I, I couldn't tell you which one. The suggestion I struggle with is Assassin's Apprentice. Robin Hobb, book one of the Farseer trilogy. You're not a Robin Hobb fan, though. That's my problem. That's all. There's a lot of love for Robin Hobb, but I found out there there's polar opinions on Robin Hobb's writing. People love it. And people don't dig it. There are people like me who just don't dig Robin Hobbs' writing style. And that's fine. But it's a significant amount that are like me. There's plenty that love it. And there's a chunk that don't. And there's not much in between. So I struggle with a book being elevated to best of all time when people are so hot and cold. Mm -hmm. But I'm being totally subjective in that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Brummond on Twitter gave us okay. a few that were definitely different than anyone else put forward. So I wanted to give Ryan a shout out here. Something from Orson Scott Card that wasn't from Ender's Game. I'm not familiar with this. It's called Past Watch, The Redemption of Christopher Columbus. No idea. Never heard of it. I got to research this. What is this book that's so good? Threw in a Dean Koontz book, Lightning. I've read some Dean Koontz. Pretty good. It's okay. definitely hard to pin down exactly where you'd put Dean Koontz in fantasy and sci-fi. Yeah, but Lightning, really like that book. And then another one I'm totally not familiar with, James F. David, the book Fragments. I got to look nope. that up. Don't I got know. nothing. But the last one I've totally heard, for, heard of, Brandon Sanderson, Warbreaker. 
I've heard of that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've read that one. It's a good book. Best. Of I all have time. heard of some people who do kind of put it up there as one of his best. Yeah. I yeah. don't know if I fully agree. It's early Sanderson. So I struggle with putting it as best when we've got things like, you know, the Stormlight Archive that's rolling out now that it's like totally next level above anything you see in Warbreaker. So I think Sanderson's in the running for sure, but Warbreaker? It'd be a little bit know. hard for me to pin down which singular book or books I would want to put up in there. Of things of Sanderson I've read, it probably be, would be one of the uh, Stormlight Archive ones that I've read. Not sure which one yet. Yeah. I, I definitely value Warbreaker, though. It's a good story. It's um, very entertaining. Uh, it's got some very interesting characters. One of my favorite characters across the entire Cosmere is introduced there. Which one? They're not a person. Well, I'm trying to not to be line. too spoilery. Like okay <laughs> oh 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 totally got what you're going yeah. for now never mind yes <laughs> yes all right get it <laughs> all right dead metaphor great twitter name by the way yeah i was like is this uh, the name of a book or a twitter name because either way that's awesome gave us a list of 10 books Ooh. some of these are series things i'm just gonna fly through but two of them are from roger zelazny i don't hear a lot about roger zelazny no but i was an early fan. On our very first episode, I talked about The Chronicles of Amber by Roger mm. Zelazny. Uh, great stuff. And that's one of the things that Dead Metaphor is putting out there is up there as the best. But I also mentioned Lord of Light by Zelazny. I'm not familiar with that one. Book of the New Sun by Gene Wolfe, which again, I'm reading right now. So that's another person putting that up there. Mm-hmm. He was uh, Dead Metaphor was the first one to put Malazan forward. Now, in any conversation of the fantasy books and genre, someone's going to bring up Malazan, Steven Erickson, his massive series that is is intimidating for people to get through. But those who do are like, this is some of the best I've ever read. That's one of those that like almost gatekeeps itself, right? Because just because it's big and scary and people don't read it. The first book I hear is is a killer to get through. Yeah. But if you make it, then you're in. You're in the club. You can keep going. I do have a little bit of a personal vendetta against authors and books that you have to get through that. If you make it, it's great. I'm like, you're basically saying you have to be good enough to read my books. And I, I don't think you like personally. I did that. that. Usually. I'm feeling some of that as I read the book of the new sun. Now I'm like, this is working for me. I'm in the club. I mean, I don't want to be talked down to either through a book, but also I'm like, uh, if I want it to be great, I want it to be accessible to everyone so that I can recommend it to friends. And that might not always be the case because it might not be their kind of book. I haven't read any of Malazan yet, but it's coming. I believe I will get to it this year still. At the pace I'm reading right now, I will probably get to it this year. I think it was was in a place in your TBR that you would have gotten to, except more things got added ahead of it. Next year for sure, but maybe this year. Um, the Wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin made this list. Now that's old school fantasy. Mm-hmm. I haven't read it yet. It's it's on my TBR. I was kind of waiting for it to show up though, because it's one that I know people talk about. Yep. At its time, it was 
groundbreaking, excellent fantasy. So it kind of fits when we're talking about best of all time. It had a huge influence on the fantasy genre. But now in today's modern context, to go back and read it, I'm not sure how much I'll get out of it at this point. And so for those reasons, it's one of those that I'm like, I know it. I know people love it. I might never read it. Oops. Some of the older stuff, people still talk about the great significance and the impact, though. And and the next one that he gave us is like that, The Black Company by Glenn Cook. That's on my TBR. Haven't read it yet, but it's a series that has a real impact, a punch. Jason on Discord points out he read Wizard of Earthsea last year for the first time, and it was good, but newer stuff is better. Yeah, sometimes, you know, things have moved along, and I get that. But I don't mind filling in the gaps at times. The next one that we've got here from Dead Metaphor, I struggle with because I've tried now three books and still not digging it. And I think it comes down to a preference and style, and that's Terry Pratchett's Discworld. Mm. It's a quirky, fun, fantasy read that I don't think is my thing. I And it has passionate fans that right there though is why i say no i think it has a place in some of the best because it gets people to be diehard fans who will reread and explore more in this world and not explore anything else because they love it so much it has to be a certain level of good to a certain audience to get that is it going to be the best for everyone maybe not you can get lost in world for a whole bunch of time so if you really enjoy that writing you're gonna have a long time to play in Discworld, and that's for some people that's absolutely gonna be the best hyperion from dan simmons is on this list now i hear a lot of people elevate that to some really solid writing and Mm -hmm. it's on my tbr not there yet there's four books in the series hyperion is the first one okay then he mentions two others that i have not read and i'm not familiar with dorsai by Dixon and the Morgane cycle by Cheria. No, I've heard of the um, Morgane cycle, but it might be from dead metaphor before. So I look, don't know. You, <laughs> if I didn't have some of these on my TBR already, they're going to be added. Don't know when I'll read most of them, but I will probably. Tales from the Waystone, a King killer podcast contributed four entries into this list. One of them. I want to know what you think now, Zach, the fifth season book one of the broken earth trilogy do you put that as one of the best of all time because i don't i found it groundbreaking in some ways but i don't put it as the best from the rough criteria that we have kind of constructed at the beginning of this episode i can see people putting it there and i think they're totally valid to do that i might not um, i haven't read the whole series yet i'm starting book two uh probably tonight I'm excited to see where it goes. I thought the book was interesting. I thought it was very well written. I like that word. Yeah. It won a Hugo Award, as did the next two books. Mm-hmm. It's clearly very well written. See, you get to the technical style of writing. Absolutely. It's it's a top-notch book. And so there's a lot of people that I think absolutely would put this as one of their best, and I don't think they're wrong to do it. I don't know if I'm going to be one of them. Let me finish the series and I'll get back to you. Okay. Yeah, I I don't diminish at all the quality of the writing of the fifth season. And I believe N.K. Jemisin did bring something to the genre that was missing. Wasn't there before, represented a different style, a different approach that is breaking new ground. 
but again, I'm not sure I, I elevate it to the best. There were a lot of cool things, even small weird things with like how the magic system kind of seems to work that follows a certain level of like biological accuracy. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. And again, we and don't want to give away spoilers. No, I'm not going Careful. too deep or anything, but I just, I can see a lot of things and reasons why someone might lift this up. Also contributed Mistborn, the final empire, but very specific that book, not the sequels. Didn't like the rest of the books <laughs> at <Interesting>. all, <laughs> but that first book is a solid book. It, it truly is. It's an interesting point. When you think of the trilogy, the first book is great. The second two together are better than the first. But if you think of them purely as individually, they might not be. Yeah, yeah. Um, two other things from Wait Tales from the Waystone was uh, Name of the Wind, again, and A Storm of Swords. So there's another a Song of Ice and Fire contribution. Uh, Julie Schultz, our Twitter follower and Discordian, gave us two. One is Ender's Game. We've said it before. When they yep. keep coming up, that's a good sign. That's a good One sign. of these best books, you know. But then one I'm not familiar with at all, The Sparrow by Maria Doria Russell. I've not heard of it. I have to research this. That one doesn't ring you any bells. You heard else. of it? No? Nope. No? Okay. Uh, another person on Twitter, Twitter follower, Branwyn Slane, gives us five. One, the never-ending story. That's something that some people really connected with as kids when they were young and got them launched into fantasy. I've never read the book. I've only seen the movie. The never-ending story. didn't even like the movie. <laughs> oh, the movie was good at its time. I wouldn't watch it again now. <laughs> but I wasn't old enough I've to heard have seen it at its time. Many people love the book. This one, I think, ties into where we talk about, you've made this point before, that sometimes we, we read something or watch something at a certain point in our life, a foundational mm -hmm. part of our growing and, and, it, and it connects deeply effect. and it holds it for a long time. Con! Okay, we've had these conversations. It's so very far. powerful. It's close to you. Maybe that's the never ending story for some people. And for a certain group of people, like generationally, or even just if you happen to stumble across it at a certain age, you fit into that category of it's amazing. It's the best. But other people who read it at different points in their lives... It's not. Branwyn puts forward King Killer Chronicle, even though it's not done, just because it's so awesome so far. Also mentions Denna. So if you've read it, you understand that. I know about Denna, but all right. Another one who puts the Farseer trilogy out there, Robin Hobb, because this this follower connects with Robin Hobb, connects you with don't. that series. And then put Malazan out there. So there's another vote for Malazan. Uh, commentary on it was just wow. And I hope to experience that when I get there. At this point, we're starting to see a lot of repeats, which is very good for narrowing down some of these that are definitely going to be up there, best of the best. There's some that I would consider that I haven't heard yet. Well, Let's maybe the fifth one that Branwyn Slane gives us, Lord of the Rings. There we go. We hadn't heard that at all yet. Right. And I was kind of sitting right? like, I get you saying... You've got other fantasy that you enjoy more or things that you have read that you think are better. But when we're talking about a book or series, and this is one of the ones where it gets tricky, where you go, it's a trilogy. I can call it one book. You can't have this conversation about the best 
sci-fi fantasy books of all time without having this one in the conversation. I completely agree. Lord of the Rings, it still holds up. There are people who have issues with it. Um, are there women in the world? You know, it, there are it, things, you know, it definitely has because its of its issues. time. Yeah. yeah but it's not the story be... is just amazing. And it shifted the genre. It may um, not be the best fantasy book that will ever be written for the end of time, but making the genre, putting it on a map, putting it on this map matters. All right, here's another Twitter account that follows us, Ultimate Book Maniacs. Love that Twitter name. Gave us nine, and I'm familiar with some of them, about half of them. I'm scared. Let's go. Okay, so A Song of Ice and Fire is just thrown out there. Like, fair. Quality. King Killer Chronicle, again. It makes it return. Mistborn. Just Mistborn. Okay, I'm like, all right, yeah, yeah, it's up there. Wheel of Time as a set shows up <laughs> jason was saying in discord we need more wheel of time so there you go there's another one going wheel, of, wheel time. of time harry potter this is another one that I we don't see a lot yet. of harry potter mentioned here i i honestly and didn't see much for it i'll often go in most ways it fits more into the good but like nostalgia makes it great however that category of de- really defining a genre and changing it it's one of the biggest reasons why YA fantasy and stuff exists. So it's again, one of those staples that I think needs to be included in the conversation. And it got a lot of today's adults into fantasy fiction. Will you read better? Yes. Then there's four series that I'm not familiar with. What do we got? Okay. And some of them, I think as I looked into them a little bit are not my thing, but uh, we've got the throne of glass series by Sarah J. Moss. That's young adult, high fantasy. I know of that. Is that, is it high fantasy or is that dark fantasy? It was listed as high fantasy when okay. I looked it up on Goodreads or Wikipedia, wherever I looked it up. You looked it up on the internet. Yeah, yeah, that trove. Uh, Jason puts down romance fantasy. And that's where my brain goes dark fantasy because I see more of that in dark fantasy. And that would definitely go where now I think. Also, the Kate Daniels series by Alona Andrews. Not familiar with it at all, but it follows Kate Daniels, and it's a very uh, episodic, long it's series. urban fantasy. Yes. The Vampire Academy, Rachel Mead, or sorry, Rochelle Mead, and that's adult paranormal romance. And I'm like, Bleh! but again, yeah, that's preference, very not your kind of book. Preference, that is not my style. It can be a great read. I might read it. You will yes. never read it. I won't read it, but... You won't touch it with a pole. I know people will enjoy that sort of writing because there are some of our Twitter fa- followers are really big into fantasy romance. I'm like, I mean, to a certain extent... That's great. One of the biggest things missing from a lot of some of these best fantasy that we've said are convincing and well-written relationships. They're not there. The last one was Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. It's the first book in a series. I'm not familiar with it. I know I've heard of it. I don't know why I've heard of it. Discord is saying romance is the biggest best-selling genre, period. Which would make sense why some fantasy writers go into romance. Not me. So I want to point out, though, as we put all of these out here, we are giving some, some space 
for these things that people think are some of the best, even though we may not agree at all. Because as we said early, everybody's opinions is valid. And even if I poke fun a little bit, yeah, these are quality books. These are things people really feel passionate about, have really enjoyed, consider some of the best they found. And so you're hearing about it from us. And if you think there might be something there, go check these books out. I highly encourage most, if not all of these that you do. Most, if not all of them, I will. But again, like my dad with romance, sometimes there are things in books that you know you personally are not interested in. And so even though it might be a great book that people very much enjoy, you're not going to. Befuddled Panda on Twitter, part of the Green Team podcast, a subsidiary of the Legendarium, uh, mm -hmm. gave us four things to throw in here. And th two of them have come up already. Hyperion, again, from yep. Dan Simmons, and Dune from Frank Herbert. Okay, okay. Great stuff. The other two... Nobody had said yet. The Odyssey. Whoa, now that's a throw. That's a pull. <laughs> but hey, come on. Some of the best of all time. We're talking history. We're talking the yeah. ancient Greeks. Not, I mean, like, it's not one I would have put on the list. It's not something that I'm going to think normally would be in this conversation. But, like, when you say it, I can't tell you you're wrong. Many fantasy writers many fantasy readers early in their days were reading things like ancient greek and roman mythology mm -hmm. reading homer's iliad and odyssey and learning and getting just dreaming about these stories and what it's talking about and and then it led to more modern stuff i'm not gonna say that it is still a fantastical amazing read that everyone should read that being said most of you out there already have or if you're young will read it at some point in some level of education because people do that they do but you know it definitely has a place i guess yep i feel like i, I got clotheslined by this but i also agree <laughs> with it so i'm like what jason and discord drop something here that that's worthy of mentioning and i'm gonna say his after i mentioned mine that i stole from what he put down because it made me think of something too. One of the subsets of fantasy is horror. Yes. Okay? A lot of horror in the supernatural is fantastical, but tends to be its own subgenre that's almost big enough just to be a genre. But Dracula by Bram, Bram Stoker. Bram Stoker, sorry, I can't speak there now, too much wine. Um, is an amazing story. Forget about the movies, go read the book. And just wow. And had a fundamental impact on the horror genre. What J Jason had put out there was Frankenstein. Likewise, forget everything you've seen in the movie. And I think Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is better. Read the book. The book is so different and so much better. Great. To be writing. honest, there's a reason these are things that are read in classes. They're good. Should they always be read? Should there be room for other books? Yeah, we should think about other books in schooling. However, there's a reason most like adults in the U.S. have read Frankenstein at some point in their now, lives. But Funnel Panda is listening to the podcast going, you didn't say my last one yet. So we need to get back to the last one. We'll get there. We'll get there. Which is a book I very much enjoyed and is up there in sci-fi, The Martian by Andy Weir. Okay. That is a solid read. 
And what one of the things I enjoy about Andy Weir's writing is he takes real science and makes it an engaging story. The science part is not the boring part you try to skip through. There's good science that's part of the narrative that you need to pay attention to and you enjoy paying attention to. I think I will give, I will concede this one on one premise, and that's that Andy Weir wrote into his book something about the soil of Mars that we did not know at the time and then later found out was true. Ooh. He made it up being like, science fiction, it works. And then it turned out it was science fact. Oops. Hey, there you go. Just wait till we have transporters. All right. <laughs> we already have iPads, you know, the tablets now work. You know, these things in introduced. Okay. All right. There's one more person that added content for our episode. Your sister. Oh. I talked to Melissa about this upcoming episode. What'd she said, throw out? I mean, she's an English major. I was like, what do you think? The best of all time in sci-fi and fantasy. And she had some thoughts. Her thoughts align with things that really were game changers, shifted the genre, inspired people for the future. And keep in mind, she where she is now and with all that she's read leans more towards science fiction than she does fantasy. She does. I definitely lean more the fantasy. She leans more the science fiction. She's got four contributions here that are more science fiction, though, again, some is sci-fi fantasy. The first is just a short story by Philip K. Dick, Do Andrew Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? I'm glad she mentioned it because it's one that I think is, again, one of those foundational needs to be in the conversation. Right. Then she put in The Martian Chronicles by Ray Bradbury. And I was like, yes, I read that years ago. It's a number of short stories. But it's awesome. <laughs> and at the time, again, there was nothing like it. This was this was really good. So I agreed with that one. Then she's got one I've not read, but I'm familiar with. So maybe I read it a long time ago and forgot. A Canticle of Leibowitz. I think I remember her talking to me about this one. If anyone out there is familiar with that, give us a shout out. Tweet us something. Tell us what you think. Tell us on Discord, A Canticle of Leibowitz. The final one wasn't a single book. <laughs> it was an author, because it goes way back. Someone who set the blueprint for sci-fi that was to come. Jules Verne. Okay. You can't talk about science fiction, really, without talking about Jules Verne. You know, Around the World in 80 Days, The Time Machine... Uh, trip to the moon. I'm got the title wrong there, but uh, 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 the one with the Nautilus under the water, leagues under the sea. Thank you. Oh, is that what you just said? Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I was too busy with my brain thinking. You're good. Jules Verne was doing some solid sci-fi back before yeah. there really was a lot of sci-fi at all. So some of that stuff up there best kind of stuff out. I will throw another one that I think is worth consideration. I don't know if I would or wouldn't put it there. But it's a similar vein like throwing Jules Verne up there. H.P. Lovecraft. Ooh. Yeah, groundbreaking. When we include the idea of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror being a part of that, I don't know if I could pick a single one. But if that's kind of your cup of tea, at some point you should read at least one. 
There you go. All right. We've come to the end of suggestions that people gave. And just to wrap up the episode, I want to take a moment to share for myself what I put as my personal books that I think are up there at the tops. I'm not going to try to say any one of them is the single best, but I believe they belong up there at the top of anything when I consider all the stuff I've read. And then I want to give you a chance to do the same. If there's anything now that you'd say, yep, that's that's about the best I've experienced. I'll think if I can think of anything that we haven't mentioned already throughout the episode. Oh, all the ones I'm going to say have been mentioned. The Lord of the Rings, which was only mentioned once. But for me, yeah, it's hard to beat when you're talking about best of all time. I rank the Wheel of Time pretty high up there. Now, it only got a couple of mentions, but as an entire story arc, uh, and and because we've read it over and over a number of times, I've grown to appreciate it so much more deeply. Uh, I think that's some serious quality writing. Dune, not just the first book, but the whole arc of the story. Uh, that was a ride, man. And I really appreciated all the depth of that sci-fi story. And finally, even though the friggin' thing's not done, a Song of Ice and Fire was amazing literature. I, I enjoyed it. I watched it. I read it all before I watched it on HBO. I'm still mad it hasn't finished. <laughs> but it's good. It's really well written. George R. R. Martin, you're a doofus for not finishing the books, but you're a great writer. All right, Zach, what would you add? There's a couple of things that like I'm interested and in, may add that are very shortly on my TBR. But honestly, I don't feel a need to throw too much up there beyond what we've thrown up. I think we have okay. a huge list and it's still incomplete. <laughs> There's still things that oh are missing and people will be like, oh, this is the best book of all time. And I'm like, well, you should have hit Twitter up when we were asking. Yeah, um, yeah. But next time, maybe you will. Maybe we'll have a part <laughs> two and revisit just new books, books that haven't been ones that we've talked about. The only thing that I would add, and it's a personal nostalgia, is one that we've talked around but haven't really talked directly about. And that's that even though we mentioned The Lord of the Rings, I think it is worth mentioning The Hobbit on its own. Mm. I love it. For the longest time, it was one of my favorite books. It still is one of my favorites, if not the. It's not the at this point, but it's one of. And I think it holds its own place separate from The Lord of the Rings. Okay. Well, that's fair. I'm almost surprised nobody did mention The Hobbit on its own, but it's old. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, this is total segue, but I, I just learned there's another Tolkien book out there of some kind, the story of Tom Bombadil. You ever come across that? I could be horribly wrong, so I'm going to say something that I'm going to end up being wrong. I think it might be one of those that came out when like the Silmarillion was getting redone and some along those lines where like his son or and or grandson was doing stuff with his notes. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I've never I think come across I, it before. I want to say it came up in conversation at some point in that religious themes throughout fantasy class I had. <laughs> Emily drops in discord. Is this to appease all the diehard fans who weren't happy he had been cut from the films? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was an odd character in the book. There's no, you know, no doubt. I mean, this uber powerful guy who then doesn't help them any more than that. 
know, it's like mm-hmm. you could have done more, dude. You really could have. <laughs> a lot of things could have, but didn't, and maybe yeah. had other reasons. Right, right. All right, so you have nothing else you toss into it then that works for nothing you? Nothing that comes to mind right now. I like this list. I have been happy yeah. with most of the things that have come in. I've spoke my piece about a couple of the things here and there, and some I haven't read and I'm excited to try. And that that's last, last thing I wanted to say is, yeah, what from this list may have inspired you to go, yeah, man, I'm definitely going to be reading that. Or I was planning to reading it, and I'm just that much more excited because people think it's the best. You mentioned you're going to get into the Acts of Cain. That's coming yes. up for you. I've mentioned Malazan is coming up for me. I'm excited for that. And I'm probably not reading the Farseer trilogy because I'm not excited for that. Anything else for you? Jump up. Um, Name of the Wind men- at some There are plenty mentioned that I'm going to read. Uh, and yes. But strangely, things popping up here, for the most part, confirmed. Yes, I want to keep reading these. Not right. changing and going, oh, that wasn't on my list at all. And I need to read it, except for the things that I hadn't heard of. Hyperion by Dan Simmons was mentioned by multiple people. And that one I've actually raised up on my TBR. So I, I'm going to get there uh, maybe next year. I have a little maybe harder time after. making this judgment than you do because your TBR is five, 600 books out. Mine's <laughs> 20. 10 slash 6. Because <laughs> I have one for paper and one for listening. Oh, yeah. Mine's just blended. Just blended. All right. Well, I think that's probably a good spot to wrap it up then. Yes? I'm down. All right. Well, let me uh, run the outro. Uh, Let's see. Where is that? There it is. is. Technology, man. It was nice seeing the break for a moment and getting to actually enjoy that full background, especially in the nice (laughs) background. Yeah, it is a nice background. And Emmeline, thank you for being here. She got to us just before the episode ended i kind of feel bad i felt like we should repeat the episode now (laughs) but you're hungry zach and i gotta go run errands with your mother so that's the way it happens (laughs) but uh all those ways over there you saw you can contact us we hope you'll see on discord see on twitter talk to you next time